ladies and gentlemen, now it's time for the wonderful Bobcat Show. Please bang your hands together for Quick and Dutton. Not only do they know smart web stuff, but Mr. Quick is an avid sportsman. He plays soccer and he can solve a Rubik's Cube in under one minute. Whoa! It's exciting. And Miss Dutton, ooh, she's actually Wrestle Gators. <laughs> then she moved on to Florida State. Ha ha! See what I did there? That was a joke. You missed it, you non-college football watchers. But the most important thing is she did teach for 10 years at the University of Florida, that which in my time is 10 years. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, turn your radios and or computers up to 10, not 11, for the crazy, wacky show of <laughs> Quick and Dutton. So I'm 100% sure we just found our new intro to the podcast. If we can... <laughs> If we can splice that out and send me an MP3, then we will include it. Welcome, tell me if you've heard this before, to another episode of Compressed FM, a podcast all about web development and design with a little bit of zest. And in this case, we are live at the amazing Magnolia JS. This is the first time we're doing this live, which we're really excited about. So now is your cue. Applaud, there we go. Yes. And we are extremely additionally excited because this is a very special episode for us. If you have any guesses on why this is special, some people know. It's number 100. It's our 100th episode. Oh, I did that in order. It is our 100th episode of the podcast. This is 100 episodes over the last year and a half or so. Uh, And it's really cool. We'll talk about... Some of the things we learned, we talked about, or we will talk about some of our favorite episodes and the impact that those have had on our career. We'll have a little section called Picks and Plugs where we'd like to get some uh, feedback from the audience. If, uh, if you're interested in sharing something, a pick that you've enjoyed recently that you want to share, something you've used, read, watched, another podcast, whatever it is. And then also a plug if you want to promote something for yourself because we're all about uh, having people promote their stuff and growing the community as a whole. So the slide I skipped is the intro slide. So my name is James Q. Quick. I am a full-time technical content creator, and I am joined by... Hello! My name is Amy Dutton, and I am the Director of Design at Zeal. (laughs) There it is. It's up there. We know how to force people to do the things we want them to do. So 100 episodes, this is uh, a little bit of a faked screenshot because we haven't yet released all 100, but 100 different episodes that we've done with these cover images for all the different episodes, it's really just kind of a wild thing to reflect on, and that's what we're going to use, uh, use today to do is to be able to reflect on the last year and the stuff that we've done. Got a couple more highlights for us? I don't know. I'm talking a lot if you want to You're good. Jump in. Yeah, so we have been very fortunate to have had 95,000 total downloads. So, yeah. oh. <laughs> Wait for the thing. It's there. Patience. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Todd. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Todd has been listening. Shout out to Todd. Libby has been listening from episode one which is really cool to hear. I think JC said the same thing the other day, so we appreciate all of that. Uh, The main reason we're here is actually to bump that number up to 100,000, so if you could go home and listen right now, we'll give you a minute to go and find the podcast and add it 
Uh, the other thing that's really cool is we've gotten to work with some really cool companies as sponsors, too. So a few that you may have heard of in uh, Zeal, which is where Amy works. Uh, Dato CMS is a headless CMS. Vercel, Questforms, Daily.dev, Hashnode, Tela, and I think Pathwire is uh, covered up by the video. So we've been really fortunate to work with some really cool companies and have support from the community and companies to continue to do the podcast. So what did we learn? A lot of work. It's a lot, it's a lot of work. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. I think uh, that's one of the things that we've been talking a lot about is that it's hard to feed the beast and keep going and publish week after week. Uh, those numbers are nice and exciting, but it's just a number. And so when you're fighting your to-do list and all the items that you have to get done in a day, it's easy to try and push that off to the side because it's just a number. Yeah, it's really... It takes so much work to do things consistently. If you talk to any content creator, there's a lot of us here that do content in different forms with podcasts and video and TikTok and blog posts, all the things. Consistency is the number one piece of advice that people give, and that's a very easy piece of advice. It's definitely the right piece of advice, but it's an incredibly hard thing to do. And I have kind of had this epiphany now that I'm working more on the day-to-day of the podcast stuff that Amy has been taking care of, how many different things go into running a podcast? And I'm wondering if maybe you can kind of outline. If I remember. <laughs> if you remember, if you can outline some of the steps. Like there's so many. Yeah. What are some of the things that we go through to get from recording to publishing? Right. So if we're uh, hosting a guest, we have to do scheduling for that person. Make sure that they're still good when the day comes. We have to send out links for all that. We have to generate social media images beforehand to try and get the guest engaged in their audience. And then after the fact, once that episode is published... Then we also have to record the podcast. That's important. Make sure that that goes smoothly. I think we've only had one, knock on wood, (laughs) one episode. I know, one episode that we've had to re-record because of a technical difficulty. Then you also have to edit the podcast, create show notes for that podcast, get it in the right format, edit it, uh, level it, and then distribute that to all the appropriate podcatchers. So it's a lot of work. There's so many things. And that's one of the cool things I think about being a content creator as well. Like we try to recruit content creators so we can have more friends, but like you get to do a little bit of everything. You get to do design work, you get to build a website, you get to be a marketer, you get to learn all these things that you may never have thought about before. So it does lead to a lot of learning opportunities, but it's absolutely exhausting to do this stuff uh, over and over and over again and still be excited about it, which I think is the most impressive after a hundred episodes. It's still something that we want to continue to do. Uh, The next thing that we've learned that is uh, really interesting is the idea of letting it go. The idea of like foregoing your desire and, and search for perfection. The idea of individually us or maybe us together being the best ones that can do a certain thing and to handle all of that work and all of that pressure and all that consistency to be able to hand that off sometimes. So every time I hit publish, I get a little nervous. I mean, even after 100, I just go through that mental checklist. Did I do everything that needed to be done? How is that going to be received? Are numbers going to dip with this episode? All kinds of things are going through my head. But one of the things that I've struggled with, I don't know if you've followed the podcast, but over the summer we had a dip in publishing consistently. And I'm happy to talk openly about that. It's partially on me. So I was editing the podcast and creating notes and getting everything out. And instead, I should have asked for help (laughs) to do all those things. And we do have someone that's helping us on the back end. But in my head, I just thought, nobody can do this as good as me, which is not true. There are other people that can do my job just like I can. But getting to that point of letting go. So 
even if that is true, that nobody else could do it as well as I can, what is the difference that the user is gonna see? Like I might spend six more hours, but will the user hear six more hours worth of work into that? And so there's a matter of finding the balance there between good enough and perfect. Like what's the difference? Yeah, it's something to achieve the consistency. I think it's finding that right balance and almost at times like figuring out what you can get away with. There's, I forget exactly how it's phrased, but there's like the 80-20 rule or the 20-80 rule where you invest 20% of your time to get 80% of the value. And then you have to invest so much more time to get from 80 to 81, two, three, 85% or 90% of the value. And you have to kind of gauge how much of that is worth it. And that's a, that's a tough balance. Yeah. It's tough to, to ship something, to publish a podcast. And then somebody's like, hey, you missed this edit or you didn't level it or you missed something. And uh, you just have to kind of live with that because I think we're all human, like all of us we write code and we write bugs and we fix them, right? And we get better at it. So I think learning to accept that helps enable us to continue to push forward and create more content. Yeah, and it goes beyond just creating a podcast. It applies to development. It's why we have agile development, the whole idea of trying to iterate quickly and efficiently once you get that feedback. And so that same concept has been applied to our workflow as we're continuing to publish content. So the other cool thing, though, about this is the hustle aspect of it. And kind of our reflection came from the idea of think about how many episodes of the podcast that we've gotten to do because of other side projects that we worked on, because of other content that we've created that then we then get to go and talk about together. So one example, uh, we're both big Svelte fans. Any Svelte framework users? This is awkward. Oh, wow. What a great opportunity. What a great opportunity. So one, you should check it out. It's a really amazing framework. SvelteKit being the kind of like layer on top of Svelte. It's really amazing. And I, like we've had different things that we've done with Svelte and I wanted an opportunity to try to build something fun with uh, SvelteKit. And so Wordle was like all the rage at the time and I built a Wordle clone and that became an episode for us of just like, what did I learn? What are the features of SvelteKit? What did I like? What did I not like? And how did I build this project? that went on to make, what was the purchase price for Wordle, a million or a couple million dollars, right? It's a very simple app, but sold for a couple million dollars. So being able to build that like immediately led into content that we could talk about on the podcast. Yeah, but it's also been what have, has been technology that we've been exposed to. That's been really cool, just either through guests or things that we've experimented with or questions that we've gotten that I thought, oh, I need to look into this. So things like Astro, James just rebuilt his entire website on Astro. Any Astro users? Another I'd be, I'd opportunity. Be if there was more Astro users than Svelte users. Yeah. Astro, yeah, great question. So Astro is another framework of many frameworks. It's focused on uh, more content websites, so it doesn't ship any JavaScript by default, and you can actually use React, Vue, Svelte lit, et cetera, uh, inside of Astro. So it's cool because you can bring your own framework to the table, use it within Astro as a layer on top of that and be able to build your site. Happy to talk more about that after if we want to. It's an, I, I don't, I'm not that hipster. It's actually a framework. Well, and the other thing about Astro, I wouldn't recommend it, but you can put React, Vue, and SvelteKit components all right next to each other in the same project and it still works. Just because you can. Uh, kind of building on that, like I'm going back to this idea of the 100 episodes, I forget exactly how many of those have been guest episodes, uh, but you'll see there's maybe 20 or 30 in there if you break it down and, and do the search. And the cool thing about that is not only have we created content based on projects that we've created ourselves, we've also then just learned about completely new things from other people. So Natter Dabbit, who's not here, 
taught us about blockchain and Web3. We had Adam Bradley come on, talk about cool product names to talk about Builder.io, Party Town, and uh, Quick. Yeah. I can't um, forget that one. I know, right? <laughs> That's your like, name. It's a built-in. So just the, the amazing community that you get to tap into uh, to be able to, to leverage them and their knowledge to build content and to share with people is really cool. And I've had this, like, this has happened over and over again. I'm seeing people in person that I know from Twitter or from social media, like, oh, we haven't had you on the podcast. Like, even though we've had 30 people or whatever, there's a million other people with amazing stories, amazing knowledge that can come on and uh, share with us. It's a great excuse to get to know people. If some of you are thinking, how do I network? You know, Taylor was talking about that earlier. How do I reach out to people? A podcast is a great excuse because it not only leverages them in their community and gets your voice out there, but allows you to ask all the questions that you ever wanted to ask them, but might not have necessarily had the right venue or the opportunity to do that. Yeah. I do, I do want to give one additional shout out that I meant to touch on earlier. So all these, uh, all these uh, cover images mainly are uh, manual. So it's a template in Figma. We go and grab an image. We upload it. We change the text, et cetera. And we started to automate that stuff. Uh, Cloudinary is a sponsor here. Also, I'm a big fan of Cloudinary. So we started to automate the creation of some of these cover images with JavaScript. So if you pass to a, an API function, API route uh, in Next.js, and you pass the guest name uh, URL to their image somewhere publicly accessible and then a title of the stream, what it, what it will do is take that image URL, it'll uh, upload it to Cloudinary, it will then grab those pieces of text and overlay all three of those pieces onto a base for a cover image so we can programmatically generate images going forward without having to manually do each one. Because we've got all the data, we use Sanity uh, IO as a headless CMS, so we've got all the data there so we can tap into that and now automatically generate these cover images using Cloudinary. I think it's cool. Yeah, we've had lots of opportunities as we've built the website just to experiment with different technologies. So James uh, mentioned Sanity earlier. That powers our backend. So that was a good opportunity for me to get familiar with Sanity and see what that uh, process looks like. So a couple of our uh, favorite episodes, I forget the order, so we'll have to check it out here. Um, I think this is, I picked this one. And it's kind of interesting because all the ones we pick are around 40 to 50, like they're close. So I don't, maybe, maybe we've gone downhill since then. I don't know. But... <laughs> This is a really cool one because this is one of the first bigger projects that Amy and I worked on. So Advent of CSS and Advent of JavaScript were two uh, courses that we did around Christmas last year. It was really your idea and the branding behind it uh, was amazing. You can still go check it out. You can still go check it out, adventofcss.com, adventofjs.com. And it's a set of 25 challenges, just like an advent calendar in CSS and JavaScript. Um, and it was a cool episode for me because we got to take like our experience with technology our uh, desire to learn more about technology and our desire to teach and our passion for teaching and giving people a way to learn CSS and JavaScript and turn that into something uh, tangible for people to consume, which then again led to an episode of the podcast. One of my favorite episodes that we did was with David Price. So he is one of the co-founders behind Redwood JS. I don't know if anybody's messed with Redwood, but it's a fantastic full stack framework. One of the things that I like about Redwood is that it uses a lot of the technologies and libraries that most people go to anyways, and it's bundled them all up together. But I had no concept, I say no concept, I knew what Redwood was, but I had never looked at it until David came on the show, and he started talking about Redwood and what they're trying to accomplish and all these different pieces. So I, I wouldn't say obsessed, but really enjoyed working with Redwood. In fact, I went to Prisma Day in June and spoke all about Redwood. I liked it so much. And 
talking about just influential pieces of content. So the company I work for, Zeal, we've started to pivot to align ourselves with Redwood to see what can we do as a company to contribute to Redwood and give back to the community. So it's been a really cool opportunity, not just from the show, but just the connections that I've been able to make and the difference that it's made in my own workflow and the applications that I'm building on the side. And it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just the ability to learn about that and potentially contribute back to Redwood, but you actually started to at least for POC stuff start to use Redwood at Zeal. That's right. right. That's right. Yep. It's really cool. Um, I do want to give a shout out. Brandon Bayer is here, who has worked on uh, Blitz.js, which is a tool suite tool set on top of Next.js, which I got introduced to Blitz originally a couple years ago and Redwood at the same time, and I was blown away. Um, so just shout out to Brandon and the work that you've done. It's super cool. The way that's progressed into just sitting on top of Next.js that a lot of people are already using and providing some awesome functionality. So you heard about that yesterday. Uh, if you want to learn more, go and talk to them or whatever you do. I don't know. <laughs> whatever you do. Uh, this was a really interesting one for me. So one of the things that I've always preached about, a personal motto of mine, it's also a community that I run, it's called Learn, Build, Teach. So the idea is that as developers, we spend a lot of time learning. We spend a lot of time using what we learn to build stuff to kind of reinforce those learnings. And then I add on this teach layer, and you've probably heard this before, the best way to learn is to teach. The best way to, to reinforce the things that you thought you'd already learned uh, is to teach. And I say reinforce things you thought you'd already learned because I get in a position often, maybe more often than I would like to admit, where I go to create a piece of content, a video, an article, a podcast episode. I realize halfway through, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Not to the extent that I should, right? If I'm going to go out and teach people something, I, I need to know that thing fairly well. And so I've been in that position where I catch myself talking halfway through, and this is what happened in the recording in this episode, where we went through the different React hooks that are out there. And I got to a certain point where I was kind of fumbling around, and the interesting thing about podcasts is how much goes into editing, so you have no idea how awkward we are behind the scenes. <laughs> but there were so many pauses and breaks, and like, no, let me say this again, and I'm like researching things like as I'm recording, I'm like, Amy, we need to just like, we need to pause this here. Let me go and do my research for a day. We'll come back and finish this recording. So this is a really like humbling experience for me that I've been through a lot. And I just want to kind of share for people that are maybe interested in, in teaching in some capacity, creating content in some capacity. None of us are perfect. None of us know everything. There's always learning opportunities. And if you embrace that and use that as true learning opportunities for yourself, whatever gaps of knowledge you may have, whatever self-conscious or imposter syndrome feelings you have, just go and tackle those things. Use those as reasons to go and learn more about the stuff that you want to talk about. And you really only have to be one step ahead of the person that you're trying to teach. In fact, that's probably the best place to be because as you get further down, you forget the things that you didn't know that you should be sharing to help the person behind you. Love it. And the last episode... Uh, we'll probably have some friends in the audience, I think, on this one. But Amy, you picked this one. Yes, I picked Getting Started with TypeScript. And the reason I picked this one was because it was monumental for me. I learned TypeScript, and then I turned around and created an episode about working with TypeScript and why I love it. And now I've turned into a TypeScript snob and get frustrated when it's not on my projects. TypeScript, she's got several snob. She's the <laughs> SVG snob, if you've listened yes. to the previous episode. She's the type, and I think we're both in the TypeScript snob. We've also got a few fellow TypeScript snobs. Brandon, you did a talk yesterday about TypeScript. Uh, Waller, I think, has a talk this afternoon or maybe next on TypeScript as well and coming up soon. Anyway, check it out. So I think like TypeScript is becoming more and more popular. It's interesting to see our progression as we talked about TypeScript early on as being this thing that's cool but we don't use to now being the, like we can't imagine a world without TypeScript. It's just kind of crazy, and that's within the last 
eight months, not even since the beginning of starting the podcast, that we've drastically kind of changed our perspective on the usefulness and benefits of TypeScript. So what we want to do is take a couple of minutes to do our picks and plugs section. Usually this is what we do ourselves at the end of an episode. Again, pick something that we've enjoyed, we've used recently that we want other people to know about, and then also plug something of our own. But we figured this would be a cool opportunity to give the audience an ability to uh, share those and participate as well. So maybe putting a few people on the spot. I've also got some plants in the audience that already have things hopefully prepared that I've mentioned to that we'll share in case there's an awkward silence. But if anyone would like to share a pick, something you enjoy recently, or you want to plug something that you've been working on, raise your hand and we'll do that. There's there's plant plant number one. one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you want a a pick and a plug? Can you hear me? Yeah, it's going through the Okay, cool. All right. Does it have to be tech-related for a pick? No. Not at all. It can be anything you want to share at all. Okay, so I just got these new shoes. Yes. <laughs> They're called Flux Footwear that have been advertising to me on Instagram for like the last six months. Finally bought them. It's definitely, definitely my pick. I only packed one pair of shoes for this conference. Um, and my plug would be the Virtual Coffee Podcast, which is one that I co-host as well. So. Yes, and you guys just celebrated a milestone. We got Colby back there while you're um, heading back to Colby. So I just I want to reiterate for everyone and for Becca's benefit, the benefit of virtual coffee. Uh, it is one of the most amazing groups that is out there. We've gotten to have some behind the scenes chats about what it takes to run community and how difficult it is. And she is one of the top people in that category. So if you have any way of being involved or being a part of anything that they do, uh, do it because it's absolutely worth it. Uh, so since you already plugged Cloudinary, I don't need to do that, but for my pick, <laughs> I found this awesome Instagram account called clean that up. That's a third generation janitor who shows you how to clean things, uh, that are just right at home. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, for my plug, how about my YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Colby So I, I have made... Colby, I think, feel incredibly awkward because every time I see him, I'm like, dude, you're my favorite content creator like out of anybody. If you don't follow Colby, you absolutely should have. We'll make him feel even more awkward with all the attention. Go follow Colby. Cloudinary is also awesome. Go and check out Cloudinary. And I'm looking forward to learning how to clean stuff too. Um, Here's one thing. I'll be a little pushy. Those are two people I know fairly well, so it's easy for that to happen. I would encourage, one of the big things I encourage people to do in opportunities like this, how to take advantage of being in in in-person conferences, is just to put yourself out there. So I would love... If anyone is comfortable, if you have anything that you're proud of, that you want to share that you did yourself, you want to shout out something else, I'd love to hear from somebody that I don't know. I don't know if this is a pick or a plug. This is either a pick or a plug, but I've been playing with uh, the Fast Element Framework by Microsoft for work, but also I was interested in it before. I've liked web components a lot, and if you're looking for a new technology to look around with, it's just something fun. Cool. Love it. I think, uh, so we talked about how we've got so many potential guests on the episode out here, or on the podcast out here. I think that should be one of them. I want to say that I happen to know this one guy who, he doesn't like me too much, but he is the best MC I have ever seen in my entire life. Kenneth LaFrance. If you can get him to be your tech conference MC, it's a treat. Plug something for you. No, that was for you. I hate you. Thank you so much, Dan. That was not rehearsed again. <laughs> Thank you so much. Your check is in the mail. So I have a, a pick right here for a screen cleaner called Whoosh. And it's W-H-O-O-S-H. And it's amazing. Is it? It yes. Is amazing. 
for real. I have nothing to do with them, and it has nothing to do with lobster at all. What? <laughs> but it is, yeah, whoosh.com. It is amazing. And for a plug, I have a podcast called the Front End Nerdery Podcast. It's on YouTube and your podcast app of choice. So I'm already, I'm close to wrapping up season two. So I got some episodes under the belt too. So all of them. (laughs) Thank you, Todd. Uh, Shout out to the podcast. Go and check that one out as well. Um, I love Todd's ability to be very outspoken in the community to advocate for accessibility as you're probably already seeing today, but do it in a way that is very approachable. So you can have, excuse my language, you can have some assholes out there who do things in not a great way. Todd is one of those people who has feedback but does it in a constructive way that helps people grow and not feel bad about having made those mistakes. So thank you, Todd, for doing that. Anybody here that I haven't talked to at all? I don't know what this is, but um, I would say, um, Ms. Kayla, what number do you think you can handle next year? 500? 500. I'm going to plug Magnolia JS. And I'll put this out on the interwebs. So I know if you put it out on the interwebs, right, that means it's true, all right? If we can get 500 people in a physical space, Next year, I will wear the shiniest shoes you've ever seen in your life. Like, it'll just, it'll, like, satellites will pick it up. So make sure Magnolia JS is my pick and plug. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a, an opportunity to capitalize on that, like, plus one to all the, I know it takes a ridiculous amount of energy and work that everyone, including people that are not, like, right in this room have put in. Uh, this has been a smaller event, I think, than maybe expected, but the really freaking cool thing about this so far It's been very intimate. I don't feel like I'm struggling to spend time with people and catch people in the hallway that I never get to see. Also, being a single track conference is like underrated because there's no stress about what I want to see. I can go see all of my favorite speakers and learn all the different topics that are there and not feel like I'm missing out on other stuff. So MagnoliaJS so far has been amazing. Hey, everybody. I recently, I'm big into audiobooks, and I recently downloaded the book Indistractable, um, and it's amazing. I'm someone who cannot focus at work because my phone is on, I have my browsers open. It's like I just have these situations that distract me. Uh, it walks me through how to block my calendar. It walks me through my personal life, uh, how I can better be there for my children. All these scenarios, the book does an excellent job in covering, and I highly, highly recommend it. Thanks. Thank you all for sharing. I really appreciate it. I thought we'd have to do some sort of like interactive thing, and everybody just has <clears throat> has so many fun things that they've used or, or have to plug that it's always fun to have people share. Uh, so we're gonna get close to <clears throat> gosh, we're gonna get close to wrapping up. Uh, Amy's gonna talk you through. Uh, what our grab bag questions are. Yeah, so we usually have a grab bag question section of the podcast, and this is where we take questions from friends and strangers on the internet, usually, (laughs) that post questions either related to what we're talking about or not. And so we have a form dedicated to questions. If you want to use the QR code and you can fill that out, we'll answer your question on the podcast. And I think our goal, so we, we've been doing these like one or two at a time on individual episodes. My goal would be to have kind of dedicated episodes that are just grab bag questions to go and walk through these random questions and kind of put together 
a fun episode of Random Things. So it's not just an hour long about one topic, but a lot of different potential smaller topics. So go and check that out. We'd love to have as much engagement and questions as you are comfortable submitting. Uh, the last thing I want to share with you is we have Compressed FM stickers. I've got them up here. I also have stickers for the Learn, Build, Teach community, which is a community that I run that Amy is a fellow mod and admin. Uh, so we got stickers up here. want to thank you all. We are James and Amy. You can find us on social media. Thank you all for being here, for making the conference amazing. We really appreciate it. That's all we got.